0: Welcome. Welcome to Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, by examining the Word of God, and especially the example of the Book of Acts Church, to see how they serve the Lord. We delve deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We follow the red-letter basics, and in doing so, we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The Porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence of the early church. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. If you have any questions or you'd like to contact us, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, and we'll get it. Or we have a new email, the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. Talkradio.com, and we'll get back to you. If you have a need, you have a question, whatever it is, you let us know. If you'd like to support what we do, go to firefalltalkradio.com. There'll be ways to do that listed on the page. Now, if you notice, we don't have the, the lady telling you all that. I'm getting back to basics. I've decided if you want to support what we do, You're going to go out of your way. You're going to take your own initiative to do so. I'm not going to ask for it. I'm not going to lay it out. Um, That's always been my way. I tried to update and upgrade things, and it just never really sat well with me. So we're going back to the way we used to do it before. just want to let you know we appreciate your encouragement. Just give us the Lord leads. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, then that's what you do. Welcome to all our listeners from the various streaming platforms. We've added Podbead, Podbean. It's easy for you to say, Richard. Podbean.com, and we're taking a look as to whether we want to move there as our home site. So we're testing it out. If you've listened to us for the first time on Podbean, let us know. We also appreciate our Spreaker listeners. Our old blog talk original listeners who have found their way back, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud. All of a sudden, having allergies, we always start out with praise reports and prayer requests. So, First Chronicles 16, verses 25 and 27 resonated with me and I wanted to share it, especially within what we're going to be talking about. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He's also to be feared above all gods. For all gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. I praise him. I praise him that he is the God of all creation. He is the great I am and he is our Abba Father. Praise him for our home. First of all, I have to praise him for my salvation. Without that, I'm not here. I don't have my family. I don't work for him in the family business. None of this would happen. It'll be 33 years this October thankful that he gave me back my family, my wife and my two sons, from which I've gotten two daughter-in-laws and a grandson. We've had a number of furry kids along the way, and I'm thankful for all of them, especially the ones that we have right now. Excuse me, I'm thankful for you. Each and every one of you that I've come to get to know well over the years, some of you I will get to know, I am incredibly thankful that I can share the word with you. I'm like Paul, remember the story about Paul, and he's preached for so long, and the young man fell out of the window and died, Paul had to raise him from the dead i I'm, I'm I'm that guy if you if you let me loose to talk the word, I'm going to talk the word until I can't talk anymore, and I'm thankful that he allows me to do that for his provisions, for all the dreams and the vision, for letting us live it, live out the second chapter of Acts and Joel 2.28 and all these things that are happening right now. Praise Him for divine revelation and favor, for being a new creation, living in these prophetic times. I praise Him for the signs that He's giving us that are screaming, pay attention, church. I'm coming back soon. Wish I knew when. I know many of you do too. Until then, we're going to be about our Father's business. I pray for Israel Pray for the peace of Israel, Psalm 122, verse 6. May they prosper who love you. I pray that everything we're seeing would come to a halt, that he would protect his children, and that he would glorify himself in the process. Pray for America, that God would shed his grace on America, that what's wrong would be made right, what's hidden would be exposed. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted the martyred, the innocents, and those who are victims of injustice in every way, shape, and form of every color, of every creed, of every gender. The Lord hates injustice. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents. I pray for missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking, the diabolical satanic endeavor that has gone on for way too long, and I know that it won't stop until he comes back but I continue to pray. I trust that he is doing something about it. I always know that he's doing something about it because I talk to him about it, and I'm thankful that he listens to what I have to say. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted and slaughtered for their faith, churches being burned down, families being torn apart, for the religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, all the things that indicate to me that the spirit of the Antichrist is growing bolder and waiting for his personal unveiling. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we each get back to our divine design. So I pray right now, in the name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, that whoever is sick, injured, hurting heart, mind, body, soul, or spirit, I pray that you would be healed and made whole and made complete in Yeshua's name. I pray for divine protection, that's Psalm 91 covering, for inspiration, for the fire of the Holy Spirit to rise up inside of us and for the remnant to wake up, rise up and answer the call to action. If you listen to the porch light that we did last week and the video has been posted, more videos will be posted. I was putting them up on uh, YouTube and um, Rumble and some other places, and I decided I wanted to edit the full Bible studies down to 15 minute segments for videos. So that'll be coming soon. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. Not just to us, but to anybody who needs it. If you know someone that's being that has been blessed let him know about us about firefall about srt about the porch i'm praying that we can get that documentary finished and i'm believing it will happen soon so that we can get it out there and do others and begin to do what we've been called to do live out luke 4:18, set the captives free destroy the work of the enemy praying for our lost family members i pray right now in each each and every member of our family that does not know the Son of God as their Messiah and has not been reconciled to the Heavenly Father. As I pray this, speak out their names. I pray, Lord, that you would pull them and draw them into your kingdom, that you would send them dreams and visions and angelic visitations and transfer them out of the kingdom of darkness into your kingdom of light. Continue praying for the changes that we're making Here at Firefall on the Porch, till working things out, getting it right. Of course, uh, being a member of the film business, I'm always unhappy with what I see. But I know it really doesn't mean that much. It's the message that's important. Shavuot is over. Sundown Sunday, May 23rd, which really would be Saturday sundown to Sunday sundown. But Sunday is the church's Pentecost. I am believing for a harvest of souls and and funds and provisions for the kingdom. Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. Your son, our Lord and our Savior. Our master, our teacher, our friend, our everything. We cry out, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. We love you. Oh, I just want to scream it. We love you. You are awesome. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are the creator of the universe. You are the great I am, El Elyon, God Most High, and you are our daddy. We long for the day. Long for the day that we can walk into the throne room and experience you face to face through Yeshua. But until then, we do it here. And right now, we receive the spirit of adoption that allows us to cry out, Abba, Father, if you've not received it, claim it. Claim the spirit of adoption and cry out, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you did on the cross We thank you for what you endured and all the things that you allowed. You didn't have to, but you did. We're so thankful. So thankful that you did. We're also even more thankful that you're not just lying in that grave. You're not some dead prophet. You are a risen Savior. You are the Messiah. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you sit at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power. And we sit with you in the heavenly places. So touch us, reach out to us right now through your Holy Spirit. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Father. So have your way. Bless this time, bless the technology, bless the Word. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Man. Lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So last week we had to take a break because of technology problems, which were really interesting. Not only was I having problems with my Internet, I was having problems with ATTLTE, ATT LTE which is normally how I would have done it I couldn't access what was on my computer I couldn't I just said you know what what do you want me to do lord and he said just talk to them So there'll be more short bursts of the porch light in the weeks to come But let's start out as we have been over the last 4 or 5 6 months whatever it is in this manner therefore pray our father in heaven does in heaven that's what we want there's no sickness there's no lack there's no fear there's no loneliness there's just you lead us away from the snares and temptation of the world and the evil one's kingdom for yours is the kingdom we seek its power and its glory forever The kingdom of God, that's what we've been talking about. We're going to continue to talk about. It's so important that you understand the kingdom of God. His kingdom, His rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom authority resides within us. It's in you. The same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead is in you. And we are representatives of the kingdom of God on earth. We enforce his rule over the enemy. And we have the ability to rule over the enemy with kingdom dominion. Go with me to Ephesians 1, starting with verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, and you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, that's you. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, while he worked in Messiah, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him, being Yeshua, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, The fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is his body. Church isn't the building. Church isn't the fellowship or the place that you go. We are the church. His body is the church. His church is the body. Real basic stuff that is not being grasped for some reason by many. Now, when he made Adam out of the clay of the ground and literally breathed his spirit into him and made him a living being, at that moment, Adam was higher than the angels. So you had God, you had Adam, and you had the angels, which is probably what set Satan off. He didn't like that. See, up till then, God had spoken everything into existence. And here they see him lovingly form Adam out of the clay of the ground, make him into a man, and then breathe life into him. But by sin, Adam was brought low and made subject to death and became below the angels. It is less in his lessened form, short of the glory of God, as Romans three twenty-three, we're less than the angels. Remember, I said weeks ago, and we're going to touch out again. You don't boss angels around, even though you are born again, filled with the Spirit of God. You are still in a human body. You do not get to rule over the angels until you get your glorified body. But for the Lord to fix what Adam had done. He need to make himself lower for a time to take man's place, to raise him up again. Raise him back to the position that he was in originally. Hebrews chapter 2 lays this out for us. For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels, But one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Yeshua, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. The Amplified of Hebrews two nine, in explaining Yeshua being humbled briefly, But we do see Yeshua, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, by taking on the limitations of humanity, crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering of death, so that by the grace of God extended to sinners, he might experience death for the sins of everyone. Everyone has the availability to be forgiven of their iniquity, their inbred sin. But he's not a universal Messiah. He's a very specific Messiah to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. But to those that believe in him, that he is the son of God, that he died for their sins, and they accept his payment with his blood on the cross for them. This isn't a blanket immunity. That's not how this works. But he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of a divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He He became completely human, but was without sin. being fully justified and fully man. After he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. The Lord let it all go. He made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant. He became a slave in our place, taking on the likeness of man. Complete and total humility became obedient to the point of death, death on the cross, so that, Philippians 2.11, every tongue should confess That Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, is Lord. He is Adonai, to the glory of God the Father. That's the key. They must confess that He is Lord. That Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, is Lord. Not some generic, universal concept of a Messiah. Therefore, Because of everything he did, emptying himself, taking on the form of a man, being willing to pay our price, everything he went through, God, the Father, has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus the Messiah is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You hear that Hasatan? You hear that fallen? You hear that angels and demons in the pit? You hear that demons all out and about? The prince of the power of the air? Maybe you're listening in. I don't know. I don't care. But Yeshua is Lord and you must bend your knee to Him. You must bend your knee Submit to Yeshua. That's what this is about. That's what these teachings are about. That's what my passion is about. That's what the porch is about. That's what SRT is about. Firefall, all the things the Lord has called me to do and all the manifestation he's called me to do it. It's about destroying the work of the enemy. It's about setting the captives free. It's about making those things which have run amok and defied the living God submit. Shutting down their access. Taking back what they've stolen, plundering their kingdom. 1 Peter 3.22 says, He has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. All angels, all authorities, and all powers are subject to Yeshua. I, I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. That gives me confidence. That gives me hope that no matter what I'm seeing in the world right now, I know who sits on the throne, and I know him personally personally. And he knows me by name. No man in this world, no demon, no fallen angel, no high-ranking fallen watcher, doesn't matter who they are. They must bend their knee to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And unfortunately, sometimes they have to be made to submit. And That's where the warfare comes in, and that's what Paul is talking about in Ephesians 6. See, all of Ephesians, even if we jump back to chapter 3, starting with verse 8, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Messiah, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery Which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus the Messiah. Remember John 1 in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and nothing was made that was made. Picking Ephesians three ten back up. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal promise which he accomplished in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Let me say that again. To the intent that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by who? By Richard? Well, yeah. By the preacher up on stage or TV or some celebrity name in the church? We shouldn't have them, but we do. No, by the church. The entire body, which is the church, should be making his wisdom known to the powers and the principalities in the in the heavenly places. How? How do you do that? you tell people the gospel you set the captives free you pray hands you pray for people you lay hands on the sick and they recover is your spirit man jumping right now are you getting excited are you getting it i could come out of my chair right now which would mess up the video and the microphone and everything i've got going on which is why i like being in a setting that I can prance and and let some of this energy go, but I'm sitting here with you, because I care about you, I care about your soul, I care about your spirit, I care about your life, I care about your family. I don't like what I'm seeing, I don't like what the enemy's doing, I don't like the apostasy in the church. Suddenly somebody gets saved, and they have some kind of write and we put a microphone in their hand. We put them up on a stage. We, we give them a camera, or we give them... No! The only person that gets the stage is Yeshua. The only person that's it up is the Lord. Let's stop all this nonsense, this pagan nonsense. Let's tear down the stages. Let's put the pulpit, which is for spreading your notes and your Bible out on. Let's put it on the ground. Let's get on the same level. And let's look up to him and declare him as Lord. Make it known, church. Wake up. Preach the gospel both by words and actions. Because we are dependent upon him. And through our positional relationship with him, all authority in heaven and earth given to him has been delegated to us. To what? To act in his name. His name. Not your name, not my name, not some preacher's name. I'm tired of people putting their names on their ministries. You send me a video and it's so-and-so ministry, I'm going to turn it off. If he doesn't have enough humility to take his name... Off his ministry, I don't want to hear what he or she has to say. I'm here to glorify the Lord. I am his servant. I am his regent. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords in the kingdom of God, and no other king will I serve. Everything lost in the fall by Adam Satan will be restored in the final restitution of all things all we got back was spiritual authority which was necessary for the church born on pentecost to function complete authority the bridging of the two uh, the, the spiritual with the natural happens when he comes back and that's why we got to keep doing our job He's not just going to do it for us. He's not just going to wave his hand and say, hey, everybody's healed and delivered. You're all in my kingdom. Hey, let's party. I got a banquet over here. You want to come in? No. No, that's not how it works. And I don't think he sounds like that. I'm just being facetious. We do the job. We fulfill the Great Commission. We tell the people about him. We set the captives free, not the angels, us. We do. Why wouldn't you want to? You're his son or his daughter. Why wouldn't you want to be in the family business? Oh my goodness, the benefits are awesome. The Son of Man made lower than the angels. That's what Paul's talking about in Hebrews. What is man that you are mindful of him? You know, sometimes I say that to him when when we talk. I'm amazed, Lord, that you would even consider me. I'm amazed that after everything I did, you even would want me. Not only did you want me, you sought me out. You fought for me. And then you gave me back everything I gave away. I don't know about you that, uh, just the thought of that. You need to think about that. Not about what he did for me, about what he did for you. That's what keeps you going. That's what keeps the legs moving and the spirit man pumped up when things get really dark and you get really down. But all things have been made subject to him. And we sit with him in the heavenly places. Picking up Hebrews 2 verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory. And I'll say daughters, because they only mention the men, but we know that there are women involved in his ministry, and Paul talked about them. So let's say many sons and daughters to glory. For both he who sanctifies sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one. For which reason he, the Lord, is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Now, if you don't know that, I can tell you someone who does. Satan, Satan, he knows this, and he's working feverishly against it. He's a liar, and he's the father of lies, and there is no truth in him. So he cannot see or accept the truth, and don't expect him to. I love people send me these memes. Oh, Satan knows that his time is short no he no, he does. oh, he sees the signs he sees a final battle coming, but this man is a psychopath. This being is a psychopath, he's a sociopath he's a, he's a narcissistic he's everything bad about a creation because he desires the throne of God for himself. He doesn't think he's going to lose. His actions don't indicate to me that he thinks he's going to lose. And if we look in the world right now and what he's doing, what the church is not doing, he's doing a pretty good job of it. But that's why I'm waking you up so that we can respond. The kingdom of darkness sees the signs that the king is coming. So they're making every effort to solidify their kingdom and their power and their influence and their control before that happens. And all of our efforts as his sons and daughters should be about destroying his kingdom and establishing the kingdom of God. We're not called to sit and do nothing. We're not called to be spectators and watch it happen. We've been invited in to be a part of it. We're called to sit with him and act in authority and dominion. Now, over the weeks, I mentioned what are we to do, and each week I've added a new one. One, discern and understand the times. Two, know who he is. And three, know who we are in him. Four, we need to live the kingdom life. Five, we need to understand that we are in a war. Six, understand kingdom warfare. Seven, enter the warfare. And then eight, which wouldn't be so obvious because many people don't do it, we need to engage the enemy. Two kingdoms preparing for their time. Two kingdoms at war. You can't be a spectator. Spectators become casualties, become hostages. You need to be a participant. You are positioned with him in the heavenly places, in eternity, in authority, and spiritually right now. This isn't generic warfare. This is kingdom warfare. This is about your life and walk with him in a fallen world. So now we get back to Ephesians 10, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. I am so jacked up, eyes filled with tears, can barely see my notes. See if I can make them a little bigger. There we go. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we do not stand, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, that therefore ties everything in 11 and 12 together. Therefore, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer, all prayer, every kind of prayer, and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all what? Perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, Paul says, and you can apply it to me if you want that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, which I'm not yet, but who knows what the future holds, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul was an ambassador in chains, and he was asking them to pray for him that he may speak boldly as he ought to speak in prison, in the bottom of the prison, in the septic system of the prison. Still fighting, still warring, still confronting the powers of darkness. So what are you supposed to do? Put on all of God's armor that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of Hasatan and his kingdom. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. No, we're fighting against satan, the fallen. The fallen watchers, their demonic offspring. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in this evil day, and having done all, to stand... That ties us to Second Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. And if you notice, I always do it here, but if, when you're reading, you'll start to see how Paul ties his teachings together, how Peter did it, how John did it. This is one giant tapestry. For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we're not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're they're not weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons, yours and mine, are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Messiah, being ready to punish all Every act of disobedience when your own obedience as the church is complete. That, to me, at the end there, makes it pretty clear that we are to punish the enemy's disobedience. Of course, we have to get ourselves in order. But once you do that, that's not the end of the equation. You must then punish the enemy. How? By plundering their kingdom. Getting people saved, healed, and Delivered. Casting down arguments and every vain thing that has that has exalted itself above the knowledge of your heavenly Father. Don't sit back. Don't be lazy da casual. La da, not lazy da. I don't know what lazy da is. I just made up a new word. Paul makes it pretty clear that we're in a war, a spiritual war. There's no ambiguity in what he says. There's no other interpretation. And our weaponry has been hand-selected by the captain of the host, which means it's good. It's good stuff. We're called to know them and to tend to them daily. If not, you are ill-equipped for the battle. You're either going to be a victor or a victim. It's your choice. And that's why I said Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. What we've been covering is a call to arms and it's a call to unity in the church. He's addressing the corporate church, my brethren. He's addressing the entire church, not just the church in Ephesus. As an army, not as singular saints, not as lone rangers, not as lone soldiers, which are easy to be picked off and defeated. In the least, it's two by two. We have that example in the Bible. And notice Paul's pretty clear, too, about the kind of battle he's expecting, one with a strong opposition. The New Bible Commentary says, His exhortation does not prepare soldiers to make a quick-moving attack. The Roman soldiers' key attack weapons, the twin javelins, are missing. No, but to take a stand, verse 11. To stand your ground, verse 13. And to stand firm, verse 14. To hold the crown of the hill, as it were. And the enemy must be weary. It must weary itself in a constant uphill attack. Stop making it easy. For the enemy, I can't believe I'm having a tremendous allergic reaction here. So what? Yeah, I shared this with Larry today. We pray every day. And sometimes the battle gets tiring. and You want it to stop and you want the Lord to keep them from you. But that's not what Paul's talking about we must weary the enemy we must make them come take it so how did, how did we get here well, i'm asking a real question i wish you could interact with me how did how did we get here church how did we get here on may 19 2021 still teaching and trying to apply what Paul taught all those years ago to the book of Acts church? I know the easy answer is Satan tricked, tricked us into putting down our weapons, tricked us into thinking the angels fought for us, tricked us into thinking we didn't have to do anything. The Lord did everything for us, which completely goes against the New Testament. I think how we get back to where we need to be is to understand who we were. A lot of times, I I don't seek to, the enemy will try to remind me, but I remember who I was before I got saved. I remember, as it says in Ephesians 2, verse 1, you were once dead because of your disobedience. And your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. That was what opened my eyes. When I realized I was a puppet on a string, I wasn't in control. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. The commander of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But Abba is so rich in his mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Messiah from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For you raised us up from the dead along with Messiah and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Messiah, Yeshua. Think about that for a second. He understood how dangerous it was going to be for you once you became born again once you understood who you were, once you began to act on that knowledge, that he brought you into a position of safety and authority with him. Do you remember what it was like to be spiritually dead and separated from him? I do. I remember brief moments of it, other things he's taken from my memory some I've asked to be taken. But some of the things I did, like sharing my New Age knowledge and talents with people that led them down that road, and I know I've said this before, but it still resonates inside of me, that of all the people I led down that road, one didn't turn back and i prayed that the holy spirit convicted that person or the angels went to them so i remember what i did i remember walking in accordance with the prince of the power of the air i remember the visitations of the demons and satan in other forms that finally towards the end i began to notice the eyes and recognize who they were Began to recognize the spirit of disobedience and all that was going on, all the things that were fighting against the God that was being revealed to me. I remember the passions of the flesh and the sinful desires which ruled over me. That even though I tried to subject them, even though in my strong will and my strength, I could only hold them off for a short period of time. I now understand that I had no hope without him. That I was a sinner by nature. I had iniquity passed down to me from my family and my bloodline. I had programming in my DNA that had to be changed. And then he did what I didn't deserve. He reached out to me. He fought for me through my wife, through Pastor Shelley, through my brother-in-law, John. People fought for me. People that didn't even know me, the Lord told me, would be awakened in the night to intercede for a demon-possessed young man in New York City. His grace... His undeserved favor and mercy saved me from God's judgment. And then on top of all of that, he raised me up together with him because I believed and seated me with him in the heavenly places because he's in me, I'm in him, and we are one. You can say that too. You could take Ephesians 2, 1 through 6, in any of the forms I've read, the New King James, the NLT, or the Amplified, and plug yourself into it. Maybe you need to. Maybe some of you that are struggling with certain bondages or things that you can't break free of, maybe you need to start personalizing it, reading it out loud and letting yourselves hear it, letting your mind hear it, letting your spirit, man or woman, hear it. But let me say this to you, that you have been made alive in Messiah and been put into a place of positional authority. And knowing that, I say to you in the name of Yeshua's name, whatever, whatever, whatever the enemy has done to you, is doing to you, is trying to do to you, must stop right now in his name. Whatever hold he has on any part of your life must be released in Yeshua's name. Whatever bondages or areas that have not been broken or you've not taken back, I now stand with you in his authority. Say, be free. No more. No more. See, this is the one time we are really all in this together. I know over the last year we've heard that a lot about the COVID scandemic. I, I mean, pandemic. The, oh, we're all in this together. Just do your part. We were never in it together. That's for another time. But this, what I'm talking about, as his church, as his children, we are in this together. There's no vainglorious behavior here. There's no prancing. There's no strutting. I've got the wounds to prove that. But we are working through the decisive victory won by Messiah on Calvary. And the very fact... that believers now fight at his side is clear testimony to that. But complete victory still awaits us at his second coming. Ephesians 6.13 Therefore, here we are again. Listen to me. Come on. Focus on here. Whether it's the video or the podcast, listen to me. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. You notice that line in verse 13, the evil day, the day of evil, however you say it, it dominates the battlefield landscape that Paul is showing us. Well, two other things come to mind. We have two days to focus on. That evil day, which could be any day that evil happens or a very specific period in time. I lean towards the second. And the day of the Lord. One must precede the other. We must have the evil day before we have the day of the Lord. One triggers the other. Both days must happen. They're going to happen. You're not going to stop them. You're not going to pray them away. You're not going to cry them away. They're going to happen. So you, whether you're the head of your household or or whatever you are, mother, father, whatever, wherever you are in the kingdom, it's going to happen. And you're either going to be a spectator and a casualty or a participant and a victor. And I call you right now to be more than a conqueror through him who loves you. I call you right now for that fire of the Holy Spirit, for the knowledge of this word, for everything I've said to begin to resonate inside of you, to begin to imprint itself on your spirit man or woman. In your mind, begin to understand this word. Begin to see this word. Let it come alive inside of you. See the people that you know that need your prayers and intercession, that need a touch, that need a word of encouragement or a smile. See them when you go out. Open your eyes, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for spiritual eyes to be open, that they have eyes to see and ears to hear. Most of all, I pray that they have your compassion, Lord. Instead of sitting in judgment, they see them the way you did. So, Father, I come to you now as your son, as your servant. I come to you on behalf of your sons and your daughters. And I pray. That if they're asleep, you'd wake them up. Whatever you have to do, I pray it's not too bad. I pray that they endure it and go through it. But wake them up. I pray you'd answer their prayers. I pray for the provision, Lord, to go out and do what you've called us to do, each and every one of us. Not just me and Larry and SRT or the ports and Firefall, whatever it is. I pray for the provision to be about your business, to be the army you need us to be. I pray right now in the name of Yeshua that everything hindering us, every fear, every doubt, every word that has wounded us, every false programming that keeps us from being who we're called to be, rise up in the name of Yeshua. Be who you're called to be. Trust him. Love him only and completely be free of this world. I pray that your mind would grasp how much he loves you. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grant. This has been The Port on Firefall Talk Radio.